Hello, and welcome to The Feedcast, a monthly podcast created and sponsored by Relay Network. As the feed technology pioneers, Relay Network feeds harness the engagement power of social and news feeds for businesses and the people they serve. I'm your host, Trisha Gabberty, and in The Feedcast, we will hear from cross-industry experts who will share their approach to driving meaningful and powerful customer engagement. In under 30 minutes, you'll gain usable insights and strategies from informative discussions with curated subject matter experts. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Feedcast. I am very interested in jumping into today's conversation with our featured guests, so let's get to it. Today on The Feedcast, we are joined by Eric Steinberger. Eric is a highly accomplished senior executive chief marketing officer with a proven track record of driving value creation across a diverse breadth of businesses. He achieves these outcomes through a unique blend of data-driven, structured problem-solving skills Formed in strategy management consulting, his people leadership and operational discipline expertise was cultivated at top Fortune 100 companies, and his customer experience development proficiency was honed from digital agency roles. Eric has earned a reputation as an inspirational leader who builds followership, which I think is an awesome word, with high performers and is able to influence diverse stakeholders with ease. Eric is currently Chief Marketing Officer for Atlantic Health System, a nationally recognized integrated health system based in New Jersey, serving more than 4.9 million people at 400 sites, including seven hospitals and 4,800 affiliated physicians. He helps AHS connect with patients in new and easier ways, reduce barriers to access and amplify the system's brand position as a provider of the highest quality care, combined with the best experience for patients, families, and caregivers. Prior to Atlantic Health System, Eric served as Chief Marketing Officer at Bed Bath & Beyond, where he oversaw print and digital marketing, media buying, CRM, creative, content, PR, and promotions for 1,500 stores and seven branded web properties, including the namesake banner, along with Bye Bye Baby, Christmas Tree Shops, Harmon, and One King's Lane. Eric, I got to wonder, did you ever sleep? Uh, Prior to Bed Path and Beyond, Eric was senior partner at Rosetta, a marketing strategy consulting firm and digital agency. And earlier in his career, Eric held marketing and strategy roles at American Express and AOL. He has an MBA from the University of Michigan and a BS in operations research and industrial engineering from a little place called Cornell University. Wow. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for joining us today on the Beatcast. It's great to be here. One impressive background, I have to say, and the one um, nugget that does stick out is that building followership with high performers. And I think that that's so awesome. Um, and I just wanted to just indulge me and expand on it again. I know you and I talked about it, but I'd love for the audience to hear this definition of followership and, and this concept. Yeah, you know, it was actually a really interesting story. I hadn't known much about it or thought much about it either, but very early in my career, Um, you know, in a performance management process, it was a flag for me that some of the folks in HR at this company had done a lot of analysis with data and had said that the single most important driver of uh, someone's long-term success at the company was their ability to um, get the high-performing members of their team to want to continue to work with them. Uh, When they moved on to new jobs, those people wanted to go with them. Uh, and cultivate that relationship that that beyond sort of you know how great you were at math or uh, your relationship skills or any of these things, the culmination of all of that was around this idea of 
followership specifically with high performing members of the organization that if you're someone who can keep those people motivated inspired um that 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 was the greatest sort of critical asset so i thought that was sort of an interesting thing um and that someone had you know pointed that out to me earlier in my career and then it became something i really focused on and probably the thing beyond any individual accomplishment of i launched this or drove this business result or whatever that when you actually get down to the people that that you know great high contributing high performing resources are saying hey we want to work with you we're we're going to go wherever you go is probably the most fulfilling aspect of any role I've had in my career. Or any it, yes, it has to be fulfilling. It's flattering. And I have to say, having sat on the other side of leaders like yourselves, it, it just makes for a much more enjoyable and much more educational and just a, a much more collaborative uh, environment. When you've got that kind of a leader who can blend not only their visionary and strategy skills around marketing and business operations, but also to be able to have that that rapport with your people because it's always a, a mix of personalities on any team, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, and I would say, you know, it's something I probably figured out with leaders that I've had um, that have inspired me. Uh, and so it's become, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm an expert or have perfected it in any way whatsoever, but uh, something that I've always, you know, strive for with, with the roles that I play and the people I've interacted with over my career and a litmus test of, you know, whether I'm having an impact around here or not. Right. That's what you want to do is make that impact. So speaking about impact, you clearly demonstrated your skills, uh, you know, at AOL, at Amex, at Bed Bath and Beyond and their sister companies, which was tremendous. Um, but now you've pivoted into healthcare. So yeah. Yes, you've had some experience with with a highly regulated industry, but healthcare is a whole different animal. Um, and I'm just curious. I know that part of what we wanted to focus the conversation on today was the human element of of digital and and approaching you know your brand with a more uh, human touch. So in healthcare, the consumer or the patient looks for and expects compassion. So how does or how can technology? play a role in meeting that expectation and humanizing the experience? Yeah, you know, so I think first I would say healthcare is a totally different animal. Um, I've really prided myself in my career, having worked across multiple of industries and sort of how I frame myself is that, uh, you know, you can come in and in six months sort of learn the key drivers and levers and sort of details that make a particular industry and that business run. But what takes a lifetime to build are sort of, you know, the skill sets around driving transformational change or digital knowledge or whatever other aspect is. And and that's why, uh, you know, I've been very comfortable jumping from industry to industry. And I jumped into healthcare and I would say it's really been humbling. Um, I, you know, usually six months in, I could get my arms around all that stuff. And now I'm a year and a half in uh, and still learning something new every day. So, um it is a different animal uh, in some ways, not in every way that, that that is claimed. And I think a lot of the change that has happened in other industries can be driven here. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, that idea of compassion, it is extremely true in healthcare. And I think even more so what we hear very clearly from patients is this concept of, you know, I want to be treated like a person, not a number. I need, I, I want to, you know, this is my health. This is my life. Um, if I feel like I'm just sort of a widget in a machine, that's going to make me, it's going to create a lot of anxiety for me because mm -hmm. everyone's unique and different and special. 
and I need to know that that you are really understanding me. And um, and so technology can play and is playing in many ways a huge role in it and has a lot to do moving forward. I think starting at the base with the electronic medical record. I mean, the whole idea that that every piece of information of, you know, one of the things at a most base level that, that patients will tell us, you know, if someone comes in and I have to explain, you know, what's wrong with me, and then the next person comes to the room and I'm telling that story again right from square one, well, then I'm not really feeling like I'm being listened to or, you know, you could tell me that there's this whole team of people who are caring for me, but if the communication isn't being properly transferred amongst all of them, well, then that, you know, could be a worse situation, you know, for okay. me. So, um, you know, with the information about your care and your history all being in one platform uh, and the ability to use that platform and the people involved using it uh, in the best way possible can make uh, an individual really feel like, hey, I don't even just have my doctor. I have this team of experts who are taking care of me and they understand every aspect of, of what's happening. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it. And then, you know, everything that's happening in all the other industries, when you talk about personalization, I mean, that's the most relevant and important thing, uh, with the communications and what we're sending you and talking to a patient about demonstrating to them that we know who they are. We know what their history is with us. Um, and so that the things that we're talking about have that degree of relevancy is, is, you know, I think a really important part in giving them the confidence that they are getting, you know, great quality care and being, you know, heard. Uh, so, so, you know, it's a huge focus of, of what we're working on moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think the third sort of piece of technology is around how does it make the whole process, you know, easier. I think, you know, consumerism has hit every industry. It's certainly hitting healthcare now. Um, and so this idea of, you know, you need to make an appointment and, you know, call this number, leave a voicemail, they'll play phone tag for three, four days before you can even get someone on the phone to get an appointment. And, you know, the next available one is six months from now. Mm -hmm. That's not making someone feel like you are really focused on trying to heal them. Uh, and so how can technology allow us to make sort of all the administrative aspects of receiving care work a lot more seamlessly, easily, quickly, uh, and again, personalized. Yeah, I have a question and, and a comment. The quick question is, when you talk about, um, you know, not having to repeat yourself to each provider that walks into the room from the nurse to the PA to the doctor, do your systems talk to each other? So I have where I live, I have uh, doctors affiliated with two different hospitals and I had to try to go online and link those records. And the doctor was telling me the last time I saw her, she said, well, I know the records are in there. It's just for me to get to that system to sort of cross that bridge that I supposedly created through this tool um, that they sent me. She said, yeah, it's a little cumbersome, but once I get in there, I can see what that doctor has put in there. And I'm just wondering, does AHS have their own kind of clean platform? I mean, you you have 4,500 or 4,800 different physicians. You have all these different sites. And I'm sure that they came together through acquisitions and mergers and all of that. So pulling those systems together, yeah. I mean, that's got to be. 
Oh, yeah. So it's a lot. It's a complex topic. So there's a lot to unpack there. So the first thing I would just say, you know, before I answer your specific question is the whole idea of sort of, you know, the electronic medical record and asking of the same questions over and over again. Sometimes it's intentional because, you know, you want the patient to answer something several times because maybe they didn't say something the last time Mm -hmm. that you want to be able to Mm -hmm. pick up on them this time. Or again, from a safety, um, you know, sort of adherence standpoint, you know, it's the same thing as when you walk in a hospital, every person who comes up to you asks you your name. Your name, right. Because, you know, God forbid, you know, you give someone the wrong drugs or do something like that. I mean, there's just certain things from a safety perspective you want to be really careful about. And I think patients are very comfortable with that in, in, in saying, you know, yeah, you know, safety first. So um, outside of that, yes. um, All of Atlantic health facilities are on a common uh, medical record platform. And there's a few out there where where things, you know, certainly get sticky on a base level is if, and that's part of the benefit of saying you're going to a health system, a health system, you know, has, primary care facilities, specialist offices, large tertiary hospitals, community hospitals, ambulatory facilities, you know, rehab facilities and everything in between. So the whole idea is the continuity of your care uh, can be on that common uh, platform. Uh, all that being said, it's one thing just to have the technology, but again, the business, you know, when it, with any digital solution, it's about the technology, it's about the process, and it's about the people who are involved. And so getting all of those working correctly, having those platforms um, be easily accessible by the different physicians so they know where to work, having, you know, the same similar um, sort of compliance and adherence to how information is entered into that medical record, uh, the processes that are set up for the medical record itself. I mean, that's a never ending optimization process. So, um, you know, I think things, are a lot better today than they were, you know, maybe 20 years ago when everything was still on paper and then, you know, file folders and people were faxing medical records back and forth to different providers and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but are we fully at the potential of what it could be? No, I, you know, I think there's definitely more to go. And it's not just sort of arming the provider with the information they need to deliver the care, but then how do we create the consumer facing sort of portion of that? So you have access to all of your needs in one spot. One of the other things that you touched on, which was one of the questions and probably the one I should have led with was were there practical strategies or solutions from other industries that you feel lend to themselves to the healthcare. And when you talked about personalization, um, couldn't agree with you more. I think that that is, you know, that is that human touch that we look for. And, and you're right. I get the whole safety first, you know, in asking me the same questions. Sometimes it's a little frustrating. Um, but what I can say is that, that both of these um, hospital systems down here have that common bridge that sometimes works. But what's what I find most satisfying is they allow me to email with my physician or with their team. Um, which which gives me that that sort of comfort level that you would not normally get and that we didn't have for that type of technology, right? Because you'd have to call and wait for the call back that maybe came at the end of the day or the next day. And are there any 2.0s to that email exchange? Will there be, will you be texting me in, you know, in the future? Will, will there be some sort of a, a feed technology that I can 
communicate with my doctor in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 100% where it's going. And I think, you know, when you think about healthcare um, and how it's evolved over the last 20 years, it's just been a number of drivers that are fundamentally requiring the industry to think about itself differently. And so it's this concept that's often referred to in the industry as consumerism, which is so foreign, you know, for many of us who've worked in consumer facing industries all of our lives. But, you know, now there's there's competition, there's alternative options, there's disruptors like Amazon and Walgreens, CVS and mm -hmm. the uh, payers, you know, the health insurance companies of right. the world all getting into various different aspects of care delivery. And so the, the world where you sort of just built a hospital and they will come uh, is gone. And, and uh, there's overlapping markets and there's consumer choice and the patient is more involved in that decision. I mean, I still very much rely on referrals or recommendations from their doctors, but uh, for many types of procedures, certainly um, you know, low acuity procedures like urgent care visits or things like that. It's it's very much primary choosing a primary care physician. These are very consumer led processes, and so the idea of even these organizations being customer focused and customer centric, and um, building those capabilities uh, is all new. So you know, I think. There's uh, a, a million different ways that, um, you know, we're going to focus on moving forward to be more consumer centric. So, yes, ability to have access to your physician in the way that you want to communicate with them, whether that's over text message or uh, phone availability, you know, 24 seven availability to schedule appointments, be able to do that online. Um, symptom checkers, other tools to help manage your health mm. every day, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the process, um, using those to help sort of figure out who the right uh, physician is, how to find the right physician for you, tools around, you know, finding a doctor and filtering and selection and facets and recommendations. I mean, all of these things were never prioritized or even needed in the world of healthcare because you had the one place for you to go to to receive your care that was the one closest to you. Right. And, 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 and to be honest, I mean, I think we have become, we have evolved to be, um, to seeking those specialists, right? There used to be the, you went to the doctor, right? And now the doctor has become <laughs> which doctor, right? Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I had some back problems last year. I didn't go to a back doctor, right? I had to go to a spinal vet specialist who is also in the neurology department. I thought, Where, what? You know, this is, I just, I hurt my back, right? And, and, um, I think we've become very specialized, maybe. Yeah, and as medicine has become more complex and, and more sophisticated, um, yeah, the hyper-specialization and then people helping sort of navigate and guide you. Um, and, you know, I think the other piece of it is just the actual process, even for one event, you know, going to see the specialist for a preliminary visit, uh, then needing to go to, you know, the lab quest or, you know, whatever it is for blood work and other testing ahead of the procedures mm -hmm. and all the prep work before you're going into the hospital and then the actual day of the procedure and then all the recovery and then the follow-up. Follow right. And, and so how, you know, is the logistics of all of that, you know, done? It's this whole ecosystem behind 
that I don't think the the average person thinks about when they go in for the sore throat or the sore knee or or what have you. Yeah, and and I you know even to double down on that uh, as an insight that we uncovered because you know as we think about brand and how to differentiate in the marketplace, you know, because every health system out there is saying we have the best care, you know, and uh, we're going to deliver a personalized experience for you. So how do you differentiate in the world of healthcare? Um, and what we uncovered is, again, not surprising, the reputation and the quality of the care in terms of the drivers of choice is absolutely number one. And, you know, it should be. But... Um, <laughs> When you start to look at what if if we, you know, improve the quality of care, would that make you love the brand even more? You know, what consumers are saying is like, look, you know, we're, we're in America, some of the best health care in the world, uh, at least for us in New Jersey and the Northeast, yes, the best yes. health systems, you know, in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, so, sure, I would love you a little bit more if the care got even better. But, but you know, you guys are all doing a really good job already. But hey, all of this administrative stuff around managing the end-to-end -end care experience, like the appointment scheduling, the insurance approvals, the billing and the payment, sort of all that other stuff, it's not as important. Uh, you know, I'm willing to put up with some hassles to know you're going to heal me because it's my life. But hey, wouldn't if you improved on that, that would make me love you, you know, even more. Like the analogy I you know, talk about with these individuals, like you're, you're a fast food company, you know, clearly people got to love your hamburger. I mean, the hamburger's the, 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 the core, but mm -hmm. what consumers are saying is I already love your hamburger, but geez, if you made your fries better, even though they're not the most important thing, that's going to have the greatest marginal increase in my demand for your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it becomes the icing on the cake that as long as you're doing the quality and the reputation strong, it's the thing that can make the biggest difference in driving brand preference. One of the other things that you touched upon that I wanted to circle back to was, you know, um, regulated industries like healthcare, like finance. How do you balance that? Like you were saying safety first in the hospital. Yes, of course that I get ask me my name and you know, date of birth all day long to make sure you you're giving me the right medication and sending me to the right surgical room. How do you balance that um, dance of being compliant and following those regulations, but also offering that compassion and human touch? Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it comes up a lot, but I would tell you I've worked at a number of regulated industries, healthcare probably being the most, it, it's really if anyone says that they can't do the things that we're doing in other industries, at least this is now Eric's personal opinion, you know, and says that the barrier is the regulatory environment. Like, I just don't agree with it. Don't buy does it. it add okay. some, you know, does it add some complexity to things? Does it make certain things more complicated? Yes. You know, HIPAA information and privacy and, does it create, you know, barriers to user experience in terms of certain, you know, levels of personalization to your care? You know, we have to put behind, behind secure firewalls and things like that, which just makes it a little bit harder for you to engage in. Um, yeah, but but the vast majority of what we need to talk to you about 
isn't grounded by those regulations. And so a lot of the things, you know, and again, it gets to that consumer centric culture. Um, you know, some of the subtleties where I've been able to add some value are as it relates to those things like, hey, we have to do, you know, a survey out to our patients, asking them about their satisfaction on these five, you know, very dry questions that, you know, either the federal government or the state government has mandated that we ask people and we have to score at a certain level to get certain reimbursements for, you know, Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it is. And there's some compliance related effort that we need to do. And so someone's going and executing that project. And then I could, you know, just sit there and say, well, hey, while we're asking these people these questions, okay, we have to answer those five questions and we don't like how they're worded. Why don't we add in a few that we care about? Or why don't we add in some others that maybe we think are are, are, are the ones that are most important? So sure, you know, how do we use this sort of requirement to our advantage in creating more opportunity to better listen to our consumers and understand uh, you know, what, what, what they need? And so when I think about the regulatory environment, a lot of it is just about making sure we're delivering great care. So it's aligned with what we're trying to understand as well. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, patient privacy certainly, you know, can handcuffs us in some ways, but with the way that privacy is trending across every industry today, you know, I just see the other industries sort of converging more with what's happening in healthcare than the other way around. So it's just going to so be- So you see a, 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 sorry, a ramp up towards this in safety in other data. As well with, you know, with, with um, especially on the digital side and Apple's, you, you know, new operating system, making it so much easier for you not to, you know, accept cookies and tracking and sharing of data and people becoming more sensitive to it. Um, that, you know, and that, that as digital marketers, you know, we're going to be consistently challenged to figure out how to use data, you know, in ways that consumers are going to be comfortable with them uh, as the regulatory environment increases across the board, we'll have to respond to. You know, I think back to my earlier days in my career and how we used to say, imagine if you had that Dick Tracy watch that, you know, you could actually talk to people Well, we have that. But I remember thinking and, and discussing about, gee, imagine if we had these data points on people and how much more we'd be able to sell them or how much more we could actually enhance their experience because we knew ahead of time what they, you know, what kind of room they wanted at the hotel or what kind of amenities they were looking for or what have you. And now we have all that data. And in fact, people have been more than happy to give us their data. And as a marketer, I always feel that there's, there, there's a contradiction here because people scream for data security and data privacy, and yet they are telling the whole world their story on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and why are you sharing all of that information? But then you're turning around and saying, no, Apple, no American Express, you can't follow me here. You can't watch that. So I think even the consumer themselves has to learn this new navigation as to what I'm willing to share and what I'm not willing to share when it comes to two very sensitive topics, finances and healthcare. I think we're all pretty much uh, on common ground there as to what we're willing to let go of, but certainly we want to feel in the healthcare industry that I'm only communicating with this institution, with this healthcare provider, you know, and whether it's, it's um, kind of Pollyanna or not, I want to think that there's just firewalls all around it. And no one can see except me and my doctor what's going on. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, I think when it comes to this, there is a bit of a, you know, sort of contradictory behavior amongst patients. But at the end of the day, I think it really boils down to transparency. Um, People, you know, if you say to them, hey, look, if you're willing to share this information, this is who it's going to be shared with. And this is why that's going to be helpful to you. Um, You know, that that if they understand that and they're comfortable with that and they're willing to do it, um, you know, then it's great. And I think, you know, that's going to continue to evolve. Um, and at the end of the day, there's people very comfortable sharing lots of information, including financial and healthcare and things, you know, especially the younger generation is a lot less sensitive than maybe Uh older generations were about this. I mean, it's so funny. I I heard a joke the other day about, you know, how people are so consumed with their private information. And it was like, well, remember when I was a kid, like there was literally a big, huge book that had every person's name and address and phone number in it. Like we called it the phone book. And we literally, someone just came around and threw it onto your front you know, door and it sat outside there and everyone had a copy of it. And yeah. um, you that know, was a big deal. Of, the new phone book is here. Yeah, exactly. And so now we're all like, oh my God, they have my phone number. But, um, you know, I think when it comes to all of this, it's really just about, transparency and people understanding what they're sharing, who they're sharing it with, why, you know, how that's adding value or not adding value and giving them the choice as to what they want to do. Right. Um, and, it's drawing I, their own boundaries, right? Yeah. So with the phone book example, okay. So you knew you my could choose number. to unlist your number or, or not everyone was calling me just because they had my phone number, you know, sitting on their front front porch. Whereas today, you know, you get more robo calls and, you know, um, random texts so it's interesting i have I, i'm just being mindful of, of time um and i have two questions one was you touched upon how you were able to bring and you're thinking um about other strategies from other industries into your new newer role in healthcare is there a reverse have you noticed as you've adopted and, and you know gotten into this new world um come across um, activities that you think, wow, you know, I, marketers could leverage this in other industries. Something that maybe was more specific to healthcare that you thought, oh, this could actually cross over the other way. One of the things that was an observation I had was around, you know, the concept of CRM or customer relationship management. And in my other industries, that the focus was always just, you know, we want to. Uh, acquire as many new customers as we can. We want to get as much revenue out of the existing customers we have. And we, you know, want to get the least of them, you know, to leave the system. And it's all just about how can we squeeze more, you know, juice out of these lemons. And you start to get the healthcare and you can't just adopt that sort of same philosophy. You know, I could sit there and say, well, what do I want to do with CRM? I want to increase my revenue per patient? Well, that means they're getting sicker more frequently and needing more expensive, probably more difficult to cover. Pharma conversation. (laughs) Yeah, procedures. And that's, you know, not, that probably doesn't seem like success for us or for the patient. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so then this idea of, you know, branding and, you know, every, every company says they want to create brand love. 
you know, and then I'm thinking about that and it's like, well, do I really, what is the brand? Like, do I want the average, you know, uh, Joe or Mary walking down the street to be thinking every day about their healthcare provider? And it's like, you know, probably not. Like that isn't necessarily the goal. And so this idea of like, how do you create a brand that is just thought of as, you know, reputable, uh, when people encounter it or see it, they have sort of good feelings of that's a quality place where where I'm going to get taken care of. And they're there for me, you know, when when I need them. And so how, you know, do, do we need to be in front of people's faces every single week? Do we, you know, is that what marketing success is really going to be? Uh, you know, I don't think so. And so I don't know. It was just sort of an interesting observation coming mm-hmm. in about healthcare might be a little bit different and um and, and and then how do you how do you create a brand in consumers minds that fits that need where i don't know that the goal is that you want these people you know at the end of the day if we're doing a good job keeping everyone in our communities healthy um you know that's that's ultimately to me you know, the metric of success that we're trying to drive, which is a bit why it's a nonprofit and not, you know, a for-profit company and all mm-hmm. those other pieces. But but honestly, if we're successful in doing that, there's going to be no shortage of people who still have, you know, it's just going to allow us to get to, you know, potentially underserved populations or others, you know, who have greater barriers to receiving care or us being able to help, you know, be proactive and educate people about things that we could be doing to help them that they might not even know, you know, they could get help with today. And I think you have a much more organic CRM sort of built in. And you touched upon it at the very opening when you talked about that patient experience, right? And having that level of care and having that level of trust and and just level of comfort. And while you may not be going out looking to acquire new people or, as you said, try to let's see if we can build the revenue off of our existing patients. Um, However, they would be your, and are your biggest brand ambassadors, right? Because you, especially when it comes to healthcare, if you can give me the name of a great doctor, um, I'm your friend for life. So, and I think that that's very important. And I think that that is something that, um, as you discussed it in the, in the beginning of this um, conversation, that AHS seems to be not only striving for, but seems to be making some very deep inroads into. Yeah, you know, it's a... Um... Yeah, I, I I think there's a couple things. So first, your point on word of mouth is a hundred percent correct. Like when it comes to reputation, that is the most important factor. But consumers are also very clear. How do we want? You know, how do we make that determination of reputation? It's from feedback from others. You know, there's a very big focus in the healthcare world around awards you know, we're the number one ranked by U.S. News Hospital or we're number one ranked by health grades or we got this leapfrog safety grade. There's a million different awards in healthcare, and and they're very, you know, they're good in the sense that they, you know, make these organizations have the focus on quality and they become a good litmus test and it's a huge motivator for employees and for, you know, sort of key stakeholders in the community to point to and have a sense of pride you know, in the hospitals that represent their mm-hmm. geographies. But from a consumer standpoint, of a hospital saying to the consumer, we're the best, look at the award we got, is far less powerful 
than your friend or neighbor, or even a random person on social media that for whatever reason you trust, um, uh, you know, saying this is the best place or ratings and reviews, you know, to bring in, you know, the digital side of things. Those are all the drivers of, of oh, yeah. it's amazing to me how many people, I mean, there's the health grade reviews. There's those, those different, you know, sort of healthcare related ones, but people are putting their reviews on doctors on Yelp. Okay. Yeah. So, but if I go and I see enough of them, I'm going to give that doctor a chance. So I totally yeah. agree with you. It's not, it's more of a platitude and you kind of wonder if is that the popularity contest or did they pay for that award? I, I'm not as impressed or um, I don't find it to be quite as credible to see that, you know. It's the, it's the wisdom of the crowds. If you see yeah. that someone's got a thousand reviews and they're, you know, 4.9 stars, you're like, okay, they got to be. I mean, they, they, you know, that many people. Right. They're getting something it, right. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I think I, 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 I think that's a really big part of what's driving, you know, choice in mm -hmm. the space. And um, and then I think with healthcare, you know, at the end of the day, that physician relationship, it's this very, you know, bespoke one to one um, professional relationship. It's, it's, it's a little bit different than, you know. Hey, you're, we're stamping out another credit card for you or you're, you know, the next person in line, you know, buying a KitchenAid stand mixer. And so there's so many factors that go into, you know, obviously the, the capability of the physician, but also the personalities and how you meld mm -hmm. with the patient, and, you know, and so it's a recognition that it's about matching the right people with the right care team mm -hmm. is a big part of it as well. Um, you know, so the definition of what a successful interaction is, is, you know, is, is very hard and probably shouldn't, you know, approach a level of standardization that you might have in other industries because you, you need to oh, let that, that relationship, um, sort of nurture and develop on its own. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. So Eric, we covered a lot of ground here and I just wanted to ask before we wrap up, was there anything else around you know, humanizing the digital experience, you know, in healthcare or elsewhere um, that you wanted to add. You, you really gave a lot of great examples and, and insights uh, throughout this whole conversation. And I really appreciate your time, but is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Um, you know, I mean, I just, I think the capabilities in this space are, are, are we're, we're just at the beginning of it. And so as I look to the future, I'm really interested in, you know, some of these technologies like AI um, uh, and uh, the uh, ability to create sort of visual AI tools um, and, and some of the things that could happen there in terms of that humanization mm -hmm. and compassion. Uh, you know, you talk about how you're excited that you can now send an email to your physician and then hopefully in the future soon, and it's happening already today in many places, you know, SMS and text messaging and, um, you know, even beyond that, you know, these sort of, you know, avatars that are being, you know, created, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with AI based, you know, search capabilities that, you know, in the future you could pull up on your phone and potentially have a conversation with, you know, sort of the next version of, of, of Siri, which could mm -hmm. be an AI generated, you know, sort of avatar of your physician. Mm -hmm. uh, that they and you know uh, that they have sort of customized to their 
you know, particular uh, specialty or, you know, specialty focus. and knowledge, but even, you know, their, you know, personality and, mm-hmm. and, and behavior of interaction and, and the level of, of um, you know, again, just taking personalization to an even further level to build that, you know, sort of comfort and care experience. Sure um, is. Yeah, I didn't touch on AI because it's just been such a hot topic and a little controversial, but we can definitely come back and have a part two with you, Eric, at any point. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I haven't figured it all out yet. So maybe in a few years, we'll go into that conversation. Fair enough. Well, Eric Steinberger, Chief Marketing Officer for Atlantic Health Systems, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been my pleasure to talk to you, and I really could listen to you all day. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to tell that to the rest of my family because uh, <laughs> it probably is a little bit lower, but this has been great, and I appreciate the time as well. Oh, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of The Feedcast, created and produced by Relay Network. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and give Relay Network a follow on LinkedIn. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Relay Network, nor should they be taken as legal advice. We recommend consulting your own legal team when considering your customer engagement strategy and practices.